In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gaspacho police. Oh my God! What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker! Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Better Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. We have a lot of topics today. We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about something high to start, which is notably mm-hmm. not Joe Biden's approval rating. No, famously Ew. not a high number. <laughs> no, quite a low number. It's like I think his economic approval rating. I was writing in the newsletter today is lower than Trump's or Obama's ever were. Well, inflation's 10%, which is fucking nuts. That's crazy. I mean, that's the technical term they use. That's the technical term. It is stunning to think that everything is is that much more expensive. I do keep being like, why don't I have any money? Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> where oh, did it all go? Yeah, I keep being like, what happened? I'm not buying any more stuff. I'm actually buying less stuff. And then I'm like, ah, I get it now. <laughs> like. Well, Elise, one thing you are not um, spending money on is herbs. How is your garden? Wow, my herb garden is doing amazing. Um, Thank God I, something is. Something <laughs> something that is thriving in this economy is my little herb garden, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I got, uh, some uh, a family friend got us this like arrow garden, which Sammy now has, which it's like a little like water thing and it has a light and you put your seed pods in it. Um, they got it for us for our uh, wedding, and I never set it up until now. And now I have beautiful basil. I have beautiful dill. Our Thai basil beautiful. is growing. The wow. mint is growing. Parsley. I'm self-sufficient. Fucking homestead in there. Look, exactly. Like, you know where to go if if things go go south. <laughs> if you want well-seasoned <laughs> food in the end times. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. A, a, a bright meal. <laughs> I will have some herbs. There's really nothing worse than a dill salad in the end times. So these grow all indoors, correct? Yeah. Yes, but you can move them. Like I might move this herb garden outdoors and then start on. They have like a bunch of different little sets. They have flowers that you can do. They have like I'm doing some tomatoes outside, but they have like tomatoes and peppers that you can do. So I think I might like start a bunch of plants in the arrow garden and then move them out to my little backdoor garden this sounds ignorant and it probably is so like botanists tell me but like it just seems like growing things from scratch in new york city i'm like is that really what i want to eat you know like just these just you this whole life it's been absorbing this new york city air i don't know i don't know that's probably ignorant it's certainly not like the same as if you like had a real farm (gasps) i don't think so it's fun it's fun there's a reason why champagne has to be from the champagne region, and that's because location <laughs> matters. And um, so fair, but, you know, some of us have to live in the city due to the situation of it all, you know, and <laughs> I, I'm growing tomatoes. So I will let you know um, indoors how they go. indoors. I will let you know how they go. Good for you. You're really nesting. Sammy, I've loved your Instagram story content lately because it really is such a such a jarring back and forth between between the degradation of our reproductive rights and your fertility journey. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I'm really all over the place right now between like the IVF. You know what? It feels like it feels like art, (laughs) you know? Right, it's it like feels every like day. a statement on the times. It really does. Though. I mean, I'm looking at my ovaries up close every other day in giant magnification, and Oof. I am seeing that I'm seeing what's going on up there. And let me tell you, I don't think some of these guys who are no. who are drawing up this legislation in some of these states know oh, no. what 
an an ovary looks like. Vegetarian. I don't think yes, they, they understand. Not. They have no clue. Absolutely not. You know what I think? I think we should play, we should do like a man on the street game where we just go up to men on the street, duh, where we ask them to explain like what certain like female organs are. And like- Where this is in the works. We're on oh, the same oh, wavelength. Okay. Billy's going to do it. We're going to have Billy. Oh, good. Great. <laughs> all these things. I think, I think Tess did one last week that we asked them, oh no, we sort of like, I think she went up to guys and was like, um, did you hear that the Supreme Court said that life starts at ejaculation? <laughs> just to see what they would do. <laughs> and that will be that will be in your feed soon. But yes, it is nonsense. I mean, the things, the things. I mean, we have we also have the woman that says that you can control the intake of semen, confusing us for ducks. So it's really, really a range. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I think that half these people, if you like, who are drafting the legislation, if you asked them, like, if girls pee out their butt, they would say. Yes. <laughs> Like, I they don't definitely don't they... know where girls pee out of. No, <laughs> no, that that came up a lot actually when I asked people about this. Yeah, Gro- a lot of grown men don't know that. A lot of grown men don't know that, and I think that if we actually were to go into, let's say, the U.S. Senate and ask <laughs> ask the men, the grown men who are there, I think we would find at least a few who don't know that. You know, Elise, if it wasn't a Snapple fact when they were six or if there wasn't a rumor that like Marilyn Manson peed out of his urethra once, they're not going to remember it. So no, simply will not retain it. Simply will not retain it. Yeah. Also, of course, at the top, we have to share our congratulations to our good friends, Jennifer Lopez and Benjamin Affleck on their nuptials. Again, I'm just leaning into the... Before we get to the hell of it all, the herb growing, the, the nice, the 2004 bromances coming back... It's just nice. This, this is, is your bread happy basket. for them. Yeah, exactly. This is my bread basket. This is, okay, but, but you know what? I would love if we're at Olive Garden. We could just, this part could be never ending. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> you know, good on them. God on bless them. Bunch of hot, two hot people falling in love, falling out of love, falling back in love. We love to see it. Vegas wedding. They look I was amazing. surprised she changed her name, but if she wants, if that's what she wants. I was too. Do you think they'll stay be together forever? I think they'll be together for at least 10 years. That's forever. That's essentially forever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that when you're Jennifer Lopez, it's like to change your name is actually like the more radical thing to do than right. to not change it. And also like Jennifer Lopez is never going to lose her name. She's probably like incorporated as her name. And I bet like her like sad <laughs> crap is in her name. So it's like, I kind of think that maybe... For Jennifer Lopez, like changing your legal name is actually just like a cute gesture you can do. Totally. She didn't change her legal name yet. Like, let's be real. I have used Hitch Switch before. Oh, I thought and it she takes did. several. Well, I think she just, I mean, you can't change oh, she it. She started the Like, fa- right when you get paperwork. married. She just used, no, you can't even start the paperwork yet. She just used it, like, on the, mm. on her Instagram notes. Yeah, she just or put whatever. it on her Instagram. Like, Maybe it was like a cutesy thing. You have to, like, to change your name, you have to, like, Get a new social security. It's a whole fucking yeah, see, thing. You can't do it. That's why I did not. Yeah. I that I saw. I took one look at that paperwork and I said, <laughs> no. Yeah. I <laughs> no. took one look at the fact that my last name could be Sage and I said, I will exactly, do this absolutely. <laughs> if it was like, I mean, I think that my husband's last name Grow is a great last name, but if it like if it had like a little, if there was a little extra, if I was getting an alliteration out of mm-hmm. the deal, if I totally, if I would maybe be more motivated to chant to do some paperwork. But I don't really want to. It lose also morale. feels so noncommittal. We all have. I've I've toyed with actually changing it to just because like we all have this one syllable is so nice. It's so easy. Yeah. Sage Gin Grow. Ooh. It's great. Yeah, mine's such a clunker, but. You know what? My three-syllable, vaguely ethnic clunker, we got to keep them. We got to keep them yeah. around. I think I might, I've toyed with forcing the children to be Juberman Jin because it's just one more, one more syllable, but um, that's really just a killer SAT. Is your wedding hashtag going to be Dubergins? No, because it's gin and Jews. It's been, <laughs> yes. better. Yeah. It's no, because it's something really funny. It's something better, actually. <laughs> actually, no, cute. No, that is really cute, but that it's been that since like our second date. So it will be a uh, gin and Jews. It's funny when the adults don't get it and they're just sort of like, oh, we just say Jews. <laughs> is that allowed? Are we allowed to talk about them? <laughs> Can we just say Jews? Yes, it'll be. Um, is this anti Semitic? Like, yeah. no, we came It'll, up with it's it. Honestly, it is probably going to be a lot of that. A lot of like, is this anti-Semitic? Is this racist? When you're joining a, a Jewish and Asian American couple, there's going to be, it'll be an interesting weekend. Sorry, mom. You should put that on the top of the program. You should be like, 
Be like, or at the bottom, be like, don't worry about being politically correct when you use this hashtag. Yeah. We have allowed it. <laughs> we should. That means it lands well. Absolutely. Of course. Of course. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. So we have a few conspiracies that we're going to discuss today. One is silly and one is sinister. Where should we start? I'm going to leave it to you. I was really excited for this this little, little spontaneity. Let's go silly and then like sinister will help lead us into just the sinister. Oh, good point. Like, like I feel like we it flows. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. We'll stay. We'll stay on, 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 on theme. There was reporting last week that claimed that members of the Secret Service deleted text messages pertaining to January 6th. Um, not specifically good. after, not good, not a good look, specifically after um, they were requested of them. So some in light of this news, are demanding vindication for Major Biden, the German Shepherd. Major, who is now Biden's older dog, was temporarily rehomed. I mean, per- I guess permanently through this administration, but hopefully, you know, I don't know. You never know when you rehome a dog. Like maybe it'll be too unlikely. Like, years maybe of the dog's life. That's true. Yeah. Maybe he'll stay with them permanently. Maybe permanently rehomed with friends in the suburbs. I'm sure it's a beautiful place. After a series Absolutely. of dicey run-ins with White House staff, including what sounded like it seemed like the most serious altercation was involving you know a bite to a Secret Service agent, and um, it was just a pretty delightful meme over the weekend of people demanding justice for Major because maybe this dog dogs are famously good judges of character and. Perhaps Major felt like this person needed to be removed from from the West Wing. Uh, yeah, on a more serious note, I'm like, okay, any Secret Service member who deleted texts needs to not be like guarding the president now. Totally. <laughs> I think we will one day know if this is valid or not if we find out who the Secret Service agent was and what involvement they may have had or not or sort of where do they stand. Um, If we can find that out, I think we can maybe at some point come to a conclusion whether Major Biden deserves a profile and presidential pardon or if he, yes, a (laughs) or if he deserves to have been, you know, sent to the suburbs with the other family. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And actually it's okay, kids. Major was really sent to the suburbs. Yeah, (laughs) like that's what this uncovers. Um, Right. Yeah. My guess is that Major Biden is like living it up in maybe absolutely Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, right now, probably with this family. Who doesn't want to be there? Free of Secret Service agents who want to kill his owner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that probably Major's life is better not at the White House. We won't know, and unless we until we dig up more about these texts. I did read today that I guess, like, the texts are going to be sent to the house. I guess they exist in the cloud. They got to. Me and Sam were talking about this. Like, these texts can't be gone. Like, that can't be it. We have to find out. My understanding is that they can't just be gone. Like, that you can't, that deleting a text is not, it's like using incognito mode. It's not what you think that it is. And what's their <laughs> excuse? They're saying like, "Oh no, this is just like we were just we were just deleting things because that's what we do." No, right? then why didn't you delete them from the first, second, third, and fourth, mm-hmm. or every other day? It's like, oh, you just yeah. happened to delete the ones on the day that a bomb was being planted at the DNC and nearby the RNC. Look, yes. I think if Liz Cheney has been bringing up Tony Ornato a lot in yes. the. Um, in the hearings. And I think that there's a reason for that. And I think that her 
purpose in doing that is to point out the fact that Tony Arnato is not your normal Secret Service agent. Trump had also given him an actual White House administration job. I believe he was like the uh, um, chief of staff of operations is, was the position, which mm-hmm. is not normal because the Secret Service is supposed to be apolitical. They're not supposed to be political appointees. So I would not maybe have questioned the Secret Service if there wasn't a lot of arrows pointing in the direction that the Secret Service had some sort of involvement or was sketchy or had these deleted texts or Mike Pence hadn't been afraid to get into the car driven by the Secret Service. So, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of. Yeah. The quote from Pence is crazy. What is it? He's like, he was like, I trust you, dude, but I don't know where they're going. I don't trust them. Yeah, he was like, if you if I get in that car, you guys are going to take off, which is like really scary because it's like. Number one again, yeah, anytime Mike Pence is like right or is the hero (laughs) in the room, it's like not a good situation at all. And I was reading from someone else that it's like, if he had actually, this is another moment where we like narrowly skirted by some really crazy stuff because if he had gotten in the car with the Secret Service at the time that they had asked him to get in the car, then that would have left the election uncertified. And that would have actually put us into crazy town because the fact that Congress actually came back into session and they voted and certified the election and still did it is really, really important. And by removing Pence from Congress, they could have prevented that from happening. So that's that was the thing that I was like, ooh, that's Mm -hmm. another like narrowly avoided coup. And to speak to your point about the importance of Mike Pence being able to come back and certify the election, even after the insurrection, John Eastman was emailing Pence's, the guy who testified. John Eastman was still emailing him to try to overturn the election result. He was like, well, since uh, the time limit was passed for the Electoral Count Act, would you consider one more minor violation of the Electoral Count Act? That he wanted to send them back to the states for 10 days so that they could clearly send their alternate slates of electors. And I mean, the plan is all very clear. It has all clearly fallen into place. And now it's just a question of like, what are the specific details that were happening close to the top? And I am ready for Thursday's hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like they have really, they've really left um, left a track record of all of the issues that need to be solved because they know what where they fall. They're like, oh well, we can never have a Pence again. That was the one thing that kept us. That was one of the like all of their all of the things that blocked them. They're ready to you know get people elected that won't that'll do it the next time. Yeah. Oh no, it's not enough for Donald Trump's vice president to be an empty husk. Of a man. Hey, no. He can't he actually has to be as evil as Donald Trump and one hundred percent on board with the full scope of evilness that needs to take place. He can't just be a cardboard cutout of like what you get when you Google Republican man. <laughs> just a fly on his head. He'll always have a fly on his head to me. Never, never not gonna have a fly on his head. What's so interesting about Pence is, um, so I'm reading um, that Thank You for Your Servitude book by Mark Leibovich, and he mm-hmm. describes Pence, and something that I found so interesting about him was that the whole running theme of the background is the book is that, like, everyone knew, all the Republicans knew Trump was a joke, you're familiar with that, and they would, like, bash him behind his back and try to be like, what the fuck yeah. is going on, but they would ultimately just shill for him anyway. Pence would was the rare case who would not like break character behind his back. He never like betrayed that he knew this was crazy. He never Mm -hmm. said one bad word about Trump. He never like betrayed his role. And people, you know, people close to him described it as just like, if he would like let doubt come in a little bit, like he couldn't handle it. Um, But it was so interesting because eventually he did break, you know, like he broke in the moment that he had to. And I feel like Mike Pence, just like whenever he does things that where he experiences joy, like he just like has like a taser on his balls and is like, no, like he just will not let himself (laughs) have any positive (laughs) experience. When he and Karen Pence like were dating and they, um, they became like evangelical together. What? That's crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was like more slightly less 
yeah. you know, religious, I guess, before Karen. And t- they together became evangelical and they were dating for like eight months. And Karen knew that he was going to propose. So she started carrying around everywhere a gold cross that said yes on it. So no. that she, like, she was prepared for the proposal. That is some keep sweet and obey bullshit. <laughs> I know it is very like keep sweet. Very much. Oh, gosh. Me and Jesus say yes. Me and Jesus say yes, Beth. (laughs) Thank you, Mother. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm eager for Thursday, too. But this made me wonder um, if your dogs have ever been particularly aggressive to to one person in particular. No. Bruce would literally, like, like, uh, worship. They don't have any. (laughs) (laughs) Rusty will be aggressive if you try to take his ball. Mm, so like naturally. any person who tries to take Rusty's ball is going to yeah, get he's like it. Trump with the election when he's exactly. got a ball. If anyone, if, if anyone stands in between Rusty and his ball, then certainly, yeah. But other than that, no, he's pretty, um, he's pretty chill, but also he's never been in a situation where like, yeah, he's seen someone like aggressing any of us or like being, like I think, I do think that if, because Rusty's kind of scrappy, so I mm-hmm. do think that, like, if yeah. someone were to, like, try to get at us, I think he would, I think he has the protective instinct. Yeah, whenever a toddler walks over to us, like, at the park, Morty just, like, freaks out. <laughs> he just, like, he doesn't lunge at them. He's just sort of like, oh, so thank you for your kind messages. He was in the hospital all weekend, and it was terrible. It was the worst 48 hours of my life, but he is home now, and going to be fine. Uh, so oh, thanks to everyone thank who God. reached out and everybody at the Animal Goal Medical Center who dealt with me. I don't think they had ever seen a person in such a state. It was rough. <laughs> oh, they have. They've seen me coming at like true. 1 a.m. Yeah, from, they definitely like, have. That's why it's so fucking, it's the darkest place. I mean, I'm sure the human emergency rooms are the darkest place in the city, but you're just hearing things that like you never want to hear. You never wanted to hear about turtles, you know, just... Oh my God. Just some nonsense. Yeah. yeah, it's rough. But uh, honestly, everybody should have free health care, including animals. I have delayed getting into the sinister conspiracy. Okay. But you know what? It's We're time. going there. We're fucking going there. Very sadly, to start, very sadly, Ivana Trump died last week at age 73. Young, young to go, especially if you're you're not sick. Although I've seen some reports this week that she was, she'd been described as ailing and a lot of elderly. 73 elderly? I guess it is. There's just such a range. There's like, you can be like a Elizabeth Warren 73 and a Donald Trump 73, you know? Yeah, I feel like it really depends on the person. If I feel, if I personally feel that they are elderly. Yeah, I feel 73. (laughs) I don't know that I would have described Ivana Trump as elderly. Well, who, what source do we know which described her as ailing? What do we, uh... Page six. I saw like page six said that like quoted a friend that said she was ailing. So Ivana Trump is the mother to Ivanka, Eric and Don Jr. And originally the fire department of New York said that they had responded to a cardiac arrest because I think a friend found her at the bottom of stairs. And then later, so it was assumed like a heart attack. And then I saw a headline that they were like, no, she hit her head. And then later, a New York City medical examiner said she died of, quote, blunt impact injuries to the torso. So as a direct result to that fall, like not that she I assumed at first she had a heart attack and that caused her to fall. But it seems like she just fell. And the New York Police Department has said Thursday that there did, quote, not appear to be any criminality related to her death. Attorney New York Attorney General Letitia James has delayed the deposition of Donald Trump and his children who were set to be deposed this Friday. She delayed this at their request the day after Ivana died, they asked. She said this is a temporary delay and the depositions will be rescheduled. Um, And as a professor, she's looking into how the Trump org used false or misleading asset valuations and his financial statements to get loans and tax benefits. Now, I'm not saying anything other than when I saw that these depositions had been delayed, I texted all of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. With no context. The autopsy's back. No toxicology reports. Those take a few weeks. Why are we not waiting for those? Look, I have five words. Horse head in the bed. That's it. I, okay, my personal feeling is I'm going to, my conspiracy theory that I'm going to say that I believe is I'm going to do a full staircase on this Uh and say that I think that it was an owl. Okay, fair enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that she was attacked by an owl. An orange owl? (laughs) Oh, no, guys. 
I I don't think that there was like any foul play according to Ivana Trump's death, but I do think that anytime someone is found dead at the bottom of a staircase, it's a very dramatic thing, and you're always gonna there's always gonna be you know a little like ooh what happened? Yeah, there's a very famous public case of him. Didn't he? Did he ultimately? Okay, I literally stopped the staircase after one episode, but did he ultimately get like? Did he ultimately get away with it? He served a lot of time, but he ultimately got away with it, right? I forget how the staircase ended. I just remember that he said yeah, it was did. an owl. If Trump starts saying it's an owl. <laughs> uh, so I think it was an owl, and that's all I'm going to say about it. We'll never know. That's all we're going to say because you know what? I don't think we have in-house counsel at Betches, so maybe that's as far as we should go. <laughs> that's, yeah. That, well, here's the thing. I don't think we're going to know. No, um, of course not. But I, ultimately, like some things you just get to have your own opinion on. That's the beauty of this world. You just get to think, you have your own theory and think what you want. As they say, the simplest explanation is often the right one. So just in cases like these, sometimes the simple explanation is the most conspiratorial one. (laughs) Which is that it was an owl. I hope she rests in peace. It's really sad that these kids lost their grandma. I read that they called her Ivanma because she refused to be called grandma. Well, I think that's funny, but I also, she has the funniest line in First Wives Club, which is, don't get mad, get everything. She didn't really get that much, frankly. Like, yeah, she did not. Well, because she accused, remember, she accused him of raping her in in their marriage, which also goes, and of course, Donald Trump said, rest in peace, exclamation point. Yeah, no, that was like a whole big deal. She had like put it in her book and then they made her take it out of the book. And that's like more... That's a pretty contentious point. I don't think that's like a reason for anything to happen, but I don't know. I just don't look, you're talking to someone who's been trying to solve JFK's murder in her head for 10 <laughs> yeah. years, 20 years at this point. Not 20. And well, yeah, so you're you're primed for this, but I I will be following the details on that in case we need to do a oh, sure. episode with not another true crime podcast about the owl. About the owl. About, about this owl, because we need to find out, <laughs> Gotta find out how that owl got in there. <laughs> We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair and skin, yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. Now we'll talk to birth control, something Ivana and Trump should have used at least three more times. (laughs) The House of Representatives is putting on an elaborate dance for voters this week. They're getting a lot of shit done ahead of the August recess. I feel like I'm always talking about this August fucking recess. It's I was talking to Sam about this this morning. It's like all of the professions where people that do them are like above 80. It's like Congress, psychiatrists and like professors. They all get August off. And you know what? Maybe if we Mm -hmm. made them work in August, they'd they'd back off. They'd retire. Just saying. I'm just saying. Also, so that's so true. They get so many vacations days. Yeah. If you have an aging therapist and want to keep her, maybe that's that should be a government policy. If you like your ther- your your nine year old therapist, you can keep her. But they're off for August, so they have a lot to get done. Two big things they're going to get done is the contraceptives bill, which protects the right to contraceptives. Which is like it's pretty vague. It's just like yes, we we are worried. It's just saying Clarence Thomas says he's coming for your birth control, and we want to put our colleagues on record 
saying that that's like not going to happen. So the idea is to send this to the Senate, force your senators to say, I don't think people have the right to birth control, I guess is the approach. But another one that's getting a lot of attention is a bill that is an assault weapons ban. This will be the first time in decades Congress will have members go on the record on their vote to ban a popular category of firearms. But the way that some of these, you know, Republicans talk about guns on Twitter, I'm like, I I don't think they're going to mind taking this vote. They're literally posting like videos cuddling with their firearms. Yeah. The bill would prohibit the sale and imports of hundreds of models of semi-automatic weapons with certain features. Mainly, there are those that allow you to kill a huge number of people in a short period of time. Very importantly, and this will be important to stress if you have family members or people in your networks who's going to say this means that we'll take away all your guns, this bill does not take these guns or magazines away from people who already own them. Like it or not, maybe some of them, I like the idea of putting them in a pile and burning them up, but that's not what they're doing. They're not going to come and take your guns. Uh, I believe the polling on this is pretty firmly on the side of these types of weapons do not need to be in the streets. So I'm curious about if you guys, also over the weekend, we got another report on the Uvalde police response. And it is again, like somehow still, somehow still like shocks at every turn. I believe they described it as a overall lackadaisical approach, right? Which yeah. is like the last word, the last adjective you ever want used in response to a Lackadaisical is like a really... Lackadaisical. It's a really good word. It's really funny because my friend um, had her solo show at Joe's Pub last night and it was called Lackadaisical Loser. And then I watched <laughs> this and I was like, wow, lackadaisical is having a moment in my, in my life. Underutilized. <laughs> Just a case of senioritis from uh, 400 police officers who were on the 400. That's what they said, too. They were like, all 400 officers involved in this have, like, shared the responsibility. And I was like, what the fuck? Do you guys think that this, I mean, this has unfolded. I guess the shooting was a month ago now. I mean, time, what is time? But we've talked about before, and I think there's actually, you know, research that normally the kind of outrage cycle for a mass shooting can last about three days. Uvalde, they said, lasted longer because, I guess, thankfully, it's not super common where you have mass shootings of that number of small children. But do you oh, feel Jesus like, Christ. like, I'm sorry, we like this the sentence, time, but like <laughs> the sentence that was just said was so <laughs> fucked up and it's sad. So that, like, up. It's like, I don't even have in this outline, like there was a mall shooting, you know, yesterday, but anyway, but I feel like the fact that sort of we keep the story of the failures here keep unfolding and we keep being reminded how little the good guys with guns chose to or were able to interact here do you know we we have the the legislation that joe biden signed a couple weeks ago that is you know it's something and it'll specifically hopefully catch you know younger troubled people from getting the guns not all people but do you think the fact that this window is get, that we keep talking about uvalde has you know forced congress to keep talking about it i do think so yes i mean a little because I think there's a little bit of like a January 6th hearing effect where like we're getting all this new news and like this like it's reigniting people's outrage. You know, like last week that video came out of the cops just like standing around in the hallway and that's really outrageous. And at the very, very least, it's going to keep this community and it's going to keep the like it's going to keep this community extremely engaged. And it's not that they wouldn't have been engaged before, but like. It's creating more activists in that community every day, I imagine, the more, like, news comes out. And, you know, Texas is heading to the polls. We are going into midterms. This is very soon. Like, it's... Yeah. I know summer's pretty, like, quiet. No one pays attention. But, like, once we get to September, we're in it. Midterms are going to be... Yeah. Like, they're here. It's actually happening. They're going on recess. And then it's here. Yeah. And And then then it's it's here. here. Then another fight of our lives. The last one, as they always say. Yeah, I, I mean, know. this is this will probably factor into, I hope, into the Texas governor race quite a bit. I'd love so. to, because Beto's amazing on this issue. And Greg Abbott is horrifying. So. Horrifying. I mean, he was there. I can't even remember what he said, but remember that first press conference when we didn't know any of this information? And I think he said this could have been worse. You know, like every, I don't know if he said they did everything they could, but he said a lot of stuff that in retrospect sounds terrible and will look good in an ad for, for Beto, I hope. And I just keep thinking, I don't understand how we don't talk about this all the time, but like if the cops are scared of people with these weapons, then like that should be the greatest argument 
against them. I don't understand why it isn't police that are the biggest anti-gun activists. Like if you are scared, I and I think it's just because they have, you know, whenever these happens, like, you know, I read a thread a while ago that are like legally, like you can't actually force people to risk their lives at their jobs. That's why cops will never really be held accountable for not reacting or reacting in in a certain way. I'm sure there's a small contingent of, of anti-gun cops, but I don't know. I just think about it all the time. Well, I think this is sort of like one of those examples of where all of the issues sort of converge. The problems in policing are similar to the problems that keep Second Amendment sort of like the top priority of everything. And ultimately, this is really about like maintaining power over people. Policing is ultimately about power. So they know they're probably not going to get hurt personally. They know that their children probably will not be hurt. How do they know that, though? Their kids don't go to malls or schools? I mean, these Second Amendment people are not afraid. No, there was a lawmaker like last week who was like, or two weeks ago, who was like, I'll do anything to protect my grandchildren, including shooting them. Even shoot them. <laughs> and they're always like, I misspoke. But it's like, did you, girl? Did you? And I mean, you? it also is kind of like the white supremacy of it all. Like, there's the, people want the guns yeah. to intimidate yeah. communities that are marginalized. And that's kind of like the essence of why policing began. They got to bring their guns to the Capitol. Yeah. I think the white supremacy of it all hits the nail on the head, Sammy, because I feel like when we talk about all these things, we're like, it doesn't make sense. Why does this person think this? Why Why is this so ingrained? It's like, the because the gun lobby, they have done an amazing job of like becoming a part of these people's full identity, like of who they think that they are fundamentally and so it's like it, it it's taking so much more to even get like common sense involved and so even someone who just like sees on the ground like we're saying like cops are the people who actually see the effects of the proliferation of guns every single day but they're not at the vanguard or the forefront or whatever of this movement because like being a firearm owner means more to them than what they see. They do post, you know, police will post all the weapons they've taken off the street when they want to show, when they want to be like, look at all these guns we got out of black neighborhoods. Then they'll post them. It's like, oh, yeah. get those fucking firearms away from mentally ill kids up, up in the suburbs. It's, it's really not much yes. different than like, why do women support uh, or why are women against reproductive choice like why are there you know or why are there men who are against reproductive choice when their own children could in theory be raped or have to carry a child to term or have a miscarriage that they can't get treated for that could happen to any of you know i have a daughter i have a wife like that could happen mm -hmm. to them too but ultimately because yeah. it's not actually about their daughters or wives just like it's not actually about the love of guns it's about control and power and in the abortion case, it's about patriarchy. So, like, ultimately, I really do believe you can trace any problem to one of the following. Capitalism, white supremacy, or patriarchy. Pick which one is underlying why we can't get anything done. I like the idea of just doing that in my life, like, <laughs> when I trip over something. Like, is this capitalism, the patriarchy, or white supremacy? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely yesterday I did. I did have one of those days. I, it's my favorite meme is like when you're having one of those days and your purse purse strap gets caught oh. on something. <laughs> oh, That's the patriarchy. Yes. That is the patriarchy yes. at work because we have to carry around all these little women things and our shit doesn't have big enough pockets. So we have to carry around these little bags and then they get stuck on yeah. everything. Why are men's wallets like a clip and women's wallets are like a bag, Please. an evening bag? Can someone explain that to me? Evening <laughs> bag. We weren't even allowed to have credit cards since 1970. Like, we weren't even allowed credit cards. How did our wallets end up the size of my head? And their wallets are like a paperclip. I feel like we've evolved past the purse by being able to hold, and I have my fingers up, hold everything in our hands, yeah. like our keys, yeah. our phone, yeah. our, our emotional support water bottles. That is us evolving past. But then, of course, still, we're vulnerable to attack. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. 
Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and a of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. All right, a question for you. This is actually a tough question. Which Joe are we more mad at today? Joe Manchin or Joe Biden? Mad or disappointed? Manchin today. Mad, mad. Manchin. Joe Manchin. All righty. So let's talk about him for a moment. <laughs> so all of this legislation is going to the Senate where it's going to die because of this man. Shocker. After a few tepid responses to Chuck Schumer's Insta story, Joe Manchin has ghosted what remained of the Build Back Better plan. This is my least favorite like game of deja vu all of the time. Every time Joe Manchin is like, okay, I actually don't like these bits of it, but maybe I'll be open to these bits. And we're finally just down to like one thing. He said last week that he wasn't willing to increase taxes on the wealthy or greenlight new climate provisions, citing concerns about inflation. Basically, this was right after that, you know, pretty, pretty bad inflation report came out. But this leaves Democrats with a pretty, pretty narrow version of, you know, what previously had paid leave, universal pre-K. What else did it have? Free community college. I don't know, a bunch of free shit. But right now, what they're left with is a drug pricing and healthcare subsidy package that basically allows Medicare to directly negotiate drug prices and bolster Obamacare. You're going to start seeing, if you haven't already, lots of ads on your TV from pharmaceutical companies saying why that's not a good idea. Um, And this just... Oh, and those are lies. Those are lies, to be clear. (laughs) By the way, they're lying and don't, like, listen to them. (laughs) I think I saw one, like... In political, it's obviously they, a good idea. Takes the craziest ads, yeah. It's obviously an excellent <laughs> idea. Even in West Virginia, I'm pretty sure, which is one of the poorest, the poorest, one of the poorest states. But this is what we're left, and I'm I'm annoyed because I keep saying, I keep seeing this framed as, well, this is all that's left of Build Back Better. Then don't don't call it the sweeping social plan. Just call it a, a drug plan. We're starting over. Don't don't tell them like here's what's left of our plan. No, you need to rebrand this. Can we talk about how prescription drug prices are sort of like, it's always the thing that everyone who wants to do nothing will fall back on and they're like, but I will lower prescription drug prices, but they haven't been lowered. Like we've been taught, like that has been the one thing that Mitch McConnell, I feel has been like, we're down. We're down for the lower prescription drug prices. Joe Manchin is now back to that. It just, why do they always lean on that? Why is that the thing that they're like, you know what? We'll allow it, but then they don't. It's weird. Yeah. I guess it'll be nice for them to do it so then they can pick a new little small thing that they would help. 
the drug companies say it's the insurance company's fault, and the insurance companies say it's the drug company's fault, and they have all of their lobbyists just talking everybody's ear off and to, and confusing everybody. And I don't, I don't, I'm not an expert. I don't know, fault. but there's certainly got to be a way. But I certainly know that when you leave a hospital, it shouldn't be like it sh- your bill shouldn't say thirty dollars for an aspirin. That's for fucking. Well, sure. honestly, I'm gonna take an opportunity to plug Mark Cuban's prescription drug company, which is bringing mm-hmm. not insulin but so many drugs to the market at low cost, and they're and people are loving it. So this is not DTC. <laughs> some this is a result of the fact that pharma and insurance they work in tandem as a racket so that they can make more money, and lawmakers are paying them to do nothing. There's a reason we've been talking about lowering prescription drug prices, and it has never happened. And you're still paying $500 for birth control, which they want to take away. Famously, Joe Manchin's yeah. daughter made her fortune got from, from EpiPens. So it, whenever Joe Manchin says that he's fine with this, I'm, I'm secretly a little bit nervous about it. But a lot of Democrats finally really unleashed their rage at Manchin over the weekend. Um, let's listen to Bernie Sanders on this. Look, the same nonsense that Manchin has been talking about for a year. West Virginia, it's a beautiful state. I've had the pleasure of being there. Great people. It is one of the poorest states in this country. You ask the people of West Virginia whether they want to expand Medicare to cover dental, hearing, and eyeglasses. You ask the people of West Virginia whether we should demand that the wealthiest people in large corporations start paying their fair share of taxes. Ask the people of West Virginia whether or not all people should have health care as a human right, like in every other country on earth. That's what they will say. In my humble opinion, you know, Manchin represents the very wealthiest people in this country, not working families in West Virginia or America. And and, and Senator Sanders, I want to end with if these provisions don't get passed, doesn't look like they will. What does that mean for Democrats, climate goals and the climate itself? Martha, it ain't Democrats. It isn't the president. It is the future of the planet. He's right. He's right. I mean, Joe Manchin is literally a Republican. He's a Republican. We've said it a million times. The only thing that we get from having him in the party in this moment is that Chuck Schumer is the majority leader and he gets to send the accept the agenda, which, I mean, it's not nothing, but it's like a far cry from actually what can be done when you're in the majority with people who actually believe in the vision of your party and... I mean, it, I'm just frustrated because I wasn't even paying attention to this bill because I was like, Joe Manchin's not actually going to do No, you shouldn't saying. have. I know. And then they fucking got me because there was one day where they were like, it looks like it's going to be okay. And then I was like, oh, interesting. We might pass a bill. And then it's like, of fucking course not. So it is frustrating. I do think it's good for like, especially someone like Bernie Sanders, who's got, you know, the star power of Bernie. Uh, to be out there, say like reminding people why we need to expand the majority in the Senate because this is why um, this is exactly why we can't even get a climate bill of anything because one of our members is a Republican with a D next to his name, which gives us some advantages, but not enough ones that we need to actually pass any legislation or do fucking it. I was just going to say, I trust they're working as hard as they can and as fast as they can on this, but they're like, oh, now we only have a little bit of time. And I'm like, then why couldn't you wrap it up before the inflation report? Because that's when he changed his mind. Because it was on purpose. Yeah, can I, what, what I really am so sick of is like, like at least when you were like, they got you. It's like, they yeah, they do. They, they, they often get us. And I am just so sick of... Bullshit. Like, I'm just so sick of like lip service. Do something or just shut the fuck up and like resign, please. Like, I just, I can't stand this like hand wringing and these like marble mouth statements that don't mean anything and you're not actually going to do anything. I am so fucking sick of it because all they do is kick the can down the road to the next time there's a recess and it's like, oh, I guess we can't do it. And I guess next year we'll have to do prescription drug prices. We've been talking about that since Trump's administration, the beginning of it. It's like, I, I, I can't anymore. I can't take it seriously. And as a person who's following the news, it's really hard to like report something in good faith when you know that they're not actually acting in good faith. It just seems like, and I don't want to be like, oh, this is never happening, but it's not happening. So it's disappointing. Yeah, the watered down the watered down drug pricing thing is probably not happening. People are saying that Biden can and likely will take executive action on climate 
Um, I, I, my, my knee-jerk reaction is like, why didn't he do that on abortion? Which like, which he did, but I suspect these these climate provisions might be a little bit more like confrontational, especially because this isn't just Congress like not being able to act. It's also the Supreme Court, you know, limiting limiting like the federal government's ability to act. So I don't know. Climate is <laughs> this is really one of those things that I've like sort of buried, but it's because it's it's more. Um, it's easier on me to pay attention to like day-to-day ephemera, but this is the future. This is like the fucking sea level <laughs> if we're all going to drown. And they're just like, I don't know. I can't right now because of inflation. It's like, I absolutely understand that West Virginians are having a hard time affording gas. They're going to have a hard time literally like finding a place to live in 20 years if if these things aren't aren't addressed. And I think they have many other, many other problems. And But he knows he's like, I mean, there's no chance that, you know, Another Democrat beats Joe Manchin, right? So we're just stuck. This whole like inflation, therefore no climate, bullshit. That's bullshit. That's not relevant. Those things are not tied together. Like it's cold outside, therefore we can't have pizza. Like what? Those aren't relevant. And I'm so sick of this like bad faith shit. Just stop believing him. Stop believing him. Like these two things aren't related. Make him explain why those two things are related to the average West Virginian. Why does no one question We just it? need to neutralize this person. We need to, ex- I mean, it's like, it's so difficult, but actually the Senate map polling that has come out recently has shown that the Democrats are not doing as bad as they could be doing given yeah. the current situation. I think thanks to Trump largely, because he's fucking endorsing these terrible candidates. Well, and also thanks to the Roe situation. I think people are pretty disturbed. And the shootings. I think people are kind of in this weird place where they're like, where maybe a lot of us are, where they're like, yeah, I don't approve of Biden, but that doesn't mean, like, I don't think Biden's doing a good job, but I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm going to hand the, like, Congress to the Republicans. I think the Daily mm-hmm. just did something that made me feel a little bit better about the polling and whatnot. But we need to get to a place where, like, we have a Senate that doesn't just rely on this one weird guy who actually has completely bizarre uh, political beliefs that aren't in tune with anyone, really. They're just his own personal thing. Like, if he, if we had whatever, like 55 senators, then he could just be this one weird guy. I I think that is the framing for... Maybe we'll also get the weird guy on this one, but it doesn't matter if we don't. (laughs) Right, it's like some, you never really notice. Like sometimes it's like, sometimes I don't even retain from a major moment if we got a Collins or Murkowski to sign on because it didn't end up mattering. But I really think, and I think we've said this before and I need to remember to do this like externally with SUP is like if we frame the midterms for Congress as this is all, make Joe Manchin irrelevant again. If 2020 was all about like getting rid of Donald Trump and that was the main thing, then 2022 is about making Joe Manchin irrelevant. It's not about Joe Biden. Fuck Joe. It's not about Joe Biden. Forget about Joe Biden. He will realize eventually that he cannot run again. God help us. We'll deal with that later. We'll deal with that after November. (laughs) Let's pretend he already did this and this election is not about him. We just can't have these maniacs in there. And we know what we need to talk about more. What I realized over the weekend is the fucking Georgia election. That one scares me. People are saying that Herschel Walker is going to win that one. I saw that his, he, that he was not doing well, but really, I mean, he's terrible. He's a terrible, he's an, ex- he and who else? Dr. Oz are examples of terrible candidates who won because of Trump's backing, who hopefully because of that will lose in the general. There is no like, like Fetterman doesn't need to be doing this well, but I think he's running a great campaign and Dr. Oz is a clown. Yeah, I'm shocked that his uh, social is so bad. Like, you could have hi- you're rich. You could hire someone way better. Uh, yeah, he's spending his money on the wrong things for sure. Yeah, he should stop using the word Pennsylvania because every time he does, you're baiting people on the main issue. You're baiting Snooky. <laughs> you're baiting Snooky. Yeah. Uh, we will be talking lots more about midterms probably later this week. And, um, you know, like I said, August is usually when people sort of like, it's not a lot of politics news in August, but things are kicking into high gear in September. And as listeners of this podcast, you are more, much more engaged than the average person. So it's on all of us to start telling people to make sure they're registered at their new address. Cause you know what people have moved. People think they're ready. They're like 2020. I remember my muscle. I got my memory. No, we've moved. We've changed our names. Things are different now. We have to get ready. That is our show for today. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Perales. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Better Stuff Podcast. 
The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.